I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Or other than, other than bonds. So... You know, buckle up because Sean and I are going to help give you some ideas. And hopefully with these ideas, you'll be able to get your feet wet and, you know, be on your way to investing. Yeah. And also, not only I will be teaching the Mystery 50 people that have helped us to get to this point and create this program, they'll be teaching in some of the classes as well. And this is supposed to be, once again, as we always try to do an interactive and fun um, class session. So, I hope you guys enjoy it, um, and let's get it started. So let's go to the next slide, Trey. Thank you. Um, so the overall program, as we know, is called Clean, um, and we're learning more focusing on what I would like to call um, the investment part of it, and we, we usually talk about that and learning to live without, and I think we talk about it, yeah, learning to live without, we talk about different types of investments. Um, so let's go to the next slide. Okay, course goals. Over the course of four classes, our goal is to give you a strong understanding of the following. What does it mean to invest? What are the benefits and risks of investing versus savings? This is something important that we talked about even in the previous courses. You know, my, my, the old, my old grandmother analogy, my grandmother was probably the best saver I ever met in my life, but she was a horrible investor. Okay, and a lot of us get down to understanding, thinking investing and savings are synonymous, but they're two different things. You should be saving to invest, you know, and what investment looks like for you is what we're going to get into. But if you just continue to save your whole life, you will, you won't gather much, you won't gather much, you won't gather money, you won't gather much, and you'll, you'll, you'll more or less live a lifestyle, which is, you know, a choice, once again, where you're more, you know, having to work continuing to work, continuing to work, continuing to work versus if you start to invest, invest in yourself, invest in different types of investment vehicles, it could give you that opportunity, that freedom that a lot of people want in life and that, that ability to, to do your own thing versus always having to work for somebody, work under somebody. Um, what are the different types of investments and how do I compare them? So we're going to look into the different types of investments that are out there and what you can look for. And, you know, investing is very personal, you know, 
me personally, I like investing in real estate just because I think it's just a, a, a more tangible investment. I can, I, I believe I have a lot more flexibility and there's a lot of ways I can do to make sure I get a return on my investment when it comes to real estate. But there's some people that like to do crypto. Some people like to invest in the market. Some people like to invest in businesses and it's a choice. So that's one thing I want you guys to understand. But getting back to invest, investing versus savings, I really want you to understand the importance of investing. Um, which investments make the most sense for me and my objectives? And this is, once again, very specific. And I think it's specific by your age, by your risk tolerance. Like, as much as I teach financial literacy, I'm not a person that likes to, like, for example, day trade or buy crypto. Anything that has fluctuates a lot, that's not really me. I'd rather, like, I'm a big fan of slow and steady growth. But there are people that like that, like that instant return right away every day and like to flip and this and that. And that's not really my style. I'm more of consistent growth type of investor. So I, understanding my objectives and, you know, my theory is I always like to sleep well at night. But some people, you know, have no problem being on the edge and can do very well with it. It's not this program is not for us to tell you what to invest and where to invest, just to give you a perspective on what investing is. Um, what are some of the successful investors that we can emulate? We're going to go through some of them. When I'm entitled, what am I entitled to when I make an investment, right? Talking about your returns, talking about realistic returns and talking about managing the downside. A lot of people, when they invest, they only have to worry about how much money they can make. They never really focus on how much money they can lose and what's their exposure and what does that do to them? If they were to take a big loss, how does that make them, where does that put them in a financial position? I've met so many people that had these great investment ideas and wind up losing a lot of things and never plan for the loss, all right? Um, how do I analyze the performance of my investment over time? We're gonna look at ways in which you can measure the success and failure of your investment. And how do I open an investment account? Basically, how do you open up an account so that you can begin investing yourself? All right, let's go to the next slide, please. Um, investment overview and am i going too fast is everybody with me you know i like participation so let me no you're, go, you're not going too fast am i making sense any questions so far no questions right now okay thank you so much anybody else everybody else is good the only question i have shown is how can i make a million dollars stay tuned for the next four weeks and we'll try to figure that out nigel <laughs> no worries i know that you'll get to it <laughs> Um, allocating, and that's what everybody talks about. How can I make a million dollars? And I really focusing on management of money, management of resources, slow, steady growth. I've never tried to hit the lottery because I, I know the odds against hitting the lottery. I always believe in, you know, you know, if I, I'll, I'll use a baseball analogy, you know, you can have a, a higher batting average if you try to hit singles versus trying to hit home runs all the time. If you hit home runs, you're going to strike out a lot. You're going to pop out a lot. You're hardly going to make it to base. But if you try to hit singles, you'll get to base, maybe at first base, maybe you'll make it to second base, maybe you'll make it to third base, maybe you'll get home. But you'll have more steady, consistent returns to fast track getting that million dollars. To try to be a one-hit home run and just hit it off the bat is a much harder task than to just get little hits along the way to build towards that. You know, even with my personal experience, Mr. 50, you know, in my 30s, I was constantly buying real estate and, you know, I didn't really see the benefits of it and how much money I was really making the equity that I had, I earned until I got into my 40s. I was just like building, 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 building. And then all of a sudden I realized like, whoa, I got a good set of properties. 
I'm doing certain well with them. And I really saw, okay, I'm, I'm doing it now. But I wasn't focused on looking for a property that's going to make me a million dollars. I was just more focused on the opportunity. And I think everybody that looks to invest is more focused on the opportunity and not trying to hit it out the park. And I think that's a lot of problem within our community. A lot of people focus on this instant huge return and not realize like it's a journey. It's a journey. And success in general is just an ugly thing. It's hard, it's sweat, it's blood, it's tears, it's sacrifice. You know, anybody that's tell you that's made it will tell you, you know, Mr. 850, his story, he owns a 16 unit building, three hour drive from your upstate. And I remember when he first bought it, all the stresses with it, all the tenants with it, but now we smoothed it out. You know, I have a similar story. Anybody that has achieved success in some form or fashion will tell you it's ugly. But when you get there, you're like, I'm here. And it's, and, it, and you know, it can, it's gratifying. But to the, the journey is, is an ugly journey. Hey, Sean, I want to jump in real quick and just add, Nigel, many of us see a million dollars and we say, oh, we want a million dollars. But unfortunately, if you look, if you were to ask everyone an open-end question, if I had a million dollars, I would... Most people would, not maybe in this class, but most people in general would start spending it. But the trick would be, I don't really care if I have a million dollars. I care if I have the passive income that a million dollars would generate at about 10%. You see, so you give me the passive income that a million dollars could generate, then I'm I'm more, I'm, it's like me being a millionaire anyway, because money is supposed to work for you. And you don't spend the principal, you let the principal, which is the million dollars, go to work for you. So you have a job, you have a pension, you have a 401k. If you were not to go into any of these things with advisor, but just manage your money well, where you got the basics, you would end up with passive income that it's valued at a million dollars uh, income. So we're going to clear that up a little more. I know a lot of the people here may not be familiar with everything I'm saying, but that's why you're here, to understand how not to spend the principal, which is the million dollars, but to invest that and let it go to work for you. It's like a goose. The million dollars is like a goose, and the goose lays golden eggs all the time. So, go ahead, Sean. Um, so let's talk about what is investing. Investing, and I just want you to like another thing. I always tell people to understand something, to succeed in something, or you to try to understand the basics and try to simplify it as best as you can, and not overthink things. So that's what we're trying to do with this investment course as well. So, what is investing? It's really just having money with a goal of generating income or a profit. Very simple. You put a dollar in, you want to make more than a dollar. And even when I look at investing, you know, I always weigh the factor of time. If I have a dollar and it's going to take me two years to get change that dollar to a dollar fifty, I may think twice about that investment. So you always want to have like measurement of time, like how long is it going to take me to get a return, and what kind of return am I looking at where it's worth putting that money into that investment? And you know, and I come to say it again and again throughout this program that you guys have to really focus on the exit strategy. A lot of you will come to you, friends and family, um, different investment things will say, hey, I need you to invest in this. I need you to invest in that. I want to do this. I want to buy this. I want to do that. But you always need to ask yourself, 
okay, what is the exit plan? Meaning how, how do I get my money? How do I take my profit out? Because some people, believe it or not, that ask you to invest, they don't even know what the exit plan is. They'll tell you, hey, give me $10,000 invested in cocoa beans. And they don't even know how to turn that cocoa beans back into a profit or how to get that money back to you. And then you'll find yourself in a position where, man, I, I invested $10,000 in Nigel. And he keeps telling me every week, I'm going to get my money. I'm going to get my money. And Nigel keeps telling me, well, just wait a minute. I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for Trey to sell, this, to sell this product. And once Trey sells a product, I'll get the money to you and you can get the money. That will be a conversation. You need to, when you're looking to invest, you need to ask them, you need to find out what is the exit strategy? How do I get my return in real dollars, in real time? Not just somebody selling you the idea of how well this perform and not understanding how you will get your money back and how you'll profit. Um, you can invest in many different endeavors, starting with Real estate, stocks, bonds, crypto, investing in um, businesses. There's so many things you can invest, but it gets back to what I just said earlier, where it comes to what kind of profit, you know, like I'll give an example, like, okay, the restaurant business. I call the restaurant business, especially in New York, a very sexy business. You know, it's sexy. Like I want a restaurant. I have a restaurant. I have a restaurant. We serve people come in, people shake your hand, people smack on the back and say, oh my God, this restaurant is great. It's such a gratifying people feeling to like own a restaurant and people loving your food, people loving the, the vibe that you brought, people just look like you look like, but a lot of restaurants fail and they don't generate any money because restaurants are the type of business where you're getting constantly punched in the gut. When you think you got everything right, another bill comes. When you think you got anything right, something else fails. You're short on food. The city finds you for this, this expense, this tax. Like a lot of people that I know that own restaurants, you know where they get got? They get got on sales tax because how sales tax works, the government, the city collects quarterly. And when you go to a restaurant, you see the taxes. The owner of the restaurant role is to put that tax money aside and pay it every quarter. But the restaurant is such a cash business. Some restaurants really can't afford to put that money on the side. They need it to continue to buy food, pay staff, do all these different things. So by the time the IRS comes knocking at their door and says, where's the money that you've collected for us in taxes, and they don't have it, the restaurant gets shut down. Because the restaurant business is like, you know, napkins, aprons, food, staff, liquor license, this license, taxes. It's a lot of different expenses that add up. And so I'm not telling anybody not to open a restaurant because if you do well with a restaurant, you can do exceptionally well. I know a lot of people have done really well with a restaurant, but what I'm just trying to explain to you in this and give you that example is that you have to ask yourself when you're looking to invest, where do I see the profit? Get away of how the business looks, how sexy it looks, how feeling, you know, what is going to make this business profitable, right? Okay, there are two ways of earning money. Earning an income by either working for yourself or someone else and investing your assets so they can increase in value over time. Tell me what that means. Let's get some participation. Um, tell me those two ways, what it means. Can anybody help me out? Don't let me call out names because I'll just look at the first name I see. Manuel. What was the question, Sean? Um, just as a... Sorry, what, why should I invest? And there are two ways of earning money. Just explain to me what those two ways are in, in layman's turn. Earn an income by either working for yourself or someone else and invest your, possess your assets or money so they increase in value over time. Copy. Break those two down. 
Can anybody help me? Andy, well, you with us? Where you at? The question is, why should we invest? Yeah, why should we yeah. invest? And, and explain the two ways of investing. So we can make more money. So you can make more money. So what okay. about just putting your money in the bank? Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Can't you make money just putting it in the bank and let it sit there? If you invest in you investing in a certain type of thing like you really want to invest in, so you know that you're gonna make more money out of that, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And should you be careful and understanding? So when you're thinking about investing, what should you be what should you be thinking of when you're ready to invest? I don't know. <laughs> now think about think about like if you were to put money out or loan money to somebody. Um well let me not say loan. Uh if you were to put money out and you were expecting to get some back, um like what are some I guess what are uh, some characteristics of an investment that you would want? Like stability wise, would you want it to be volatile or um, sporadic jumping up and down often or, you know, things like that. I don't want to say too much and give the answers, but <laughs> uh, does anybody have anything that they want to add? Lots of action in the chat. Manuel answered in the chat. They found Daquan said the risk that comes with it. Um, in regards to what, Daquan? Let's see. The risk that comes with it. Let's see. You could invest in a place that you think is going to make you the most. Okay, so how do we decide, Manuel, which places are going to make us the most? That's a very it's a, it's a it's a it's a good response, but how do we decide? That's a million dollar question. Mm -hmm. How do we decide what's going to make us the most money? How do we know? Daquan, mm -hmm. I agree with you. You never want to invest more money you, you, you can't afford losing. As okay. simple as that sounds, most people don't follow, adhere to that rule because they get caught up on a, on a home run hitting somebody. They realize that they lose everything they want. Mm -hmm. yep. Sleep, learning a lot of what you're doing. So you just have to understand the basics. You can earn money by working for yourself or someone else. Okay, that's going to give you a return. You put in 40 hours a week at working at for somebody, you're going to get a check in return, right? So you're investing in your time and you're expecting to get a reward. Or you can work for yourself where the money's not guaranteed. Like I work for myself. I don't have a set pay. You know, I'm hoping every day I walk into my store and I'm hoping that I turn a profit. Some days I do, some days I don't. I'm hoping every month that my tenants pay their rent on time. So this is working for myself. And this is understanding that I don't have a bi-weekly paycheck. But there's some people that work, you know, working for somebody else is not a bad thing either. Because, you know, your money is guaranteed. It gives you a certain quality of life. You can sleep well at night. You know that this is what I'm going to make. And may, you may even get a bonus if you do extra work or something like that. But I also think you, you can go beyond work for somebody else, work for somebody and really hone in. I think I talked about with Trey, what your skill set is, what you bring to the table. And maybe you'll be able to leverage that into something else outside your current work as well. I'm always a fan of creating multiple sources of income for yourself, especially as you get older, you're going to learn more and more skills. But then that money that you're piling up, you need to do something with it. You know, and here's how it works against you. Let's say, for example, you've been able to save $100,000 in the bank, but you're renting. And I know a lot of guys when I worked on Wall Street, where you're renting this 
beautiful apartment in Manhattan that's charging you $5,000 a month. But you've gotten to the point where you can really put down on a, on a property. So the money that you are paying rent, you're not getting anything in return other than an apartment that you live in, which could be a quality of life issue. But say, for example, you took that same $100,000 that you have saved and you purchase a property with it. Now you're, you're earning, you, you purchase what I, we like to call an asset that it can have favorable returns on it in the long term, meaning that if you paid X amount of money for it today, it'll be worth more down the road. So the money that you're paying towards your mortgage versus rent becomes from just going out the, the window every month to actually working for you. And every payment you make on time adds to your credit score. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is where you want to get that mindset of switching, you know, from gathering assets. And this is like the example I was talking about in my 30s. I didn't realize in my 30s I was gathering assets. And then finally, when I was in my 40s, those assets began to work for me in favorable ways. All right. Yeah. So Sean, let me just add also, you know, when 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 you guys look at assets and things of that nature just remember asset puts money in your pocket a liability takes money out of your pocket so if you were to get some sort of um, windfall or bonus or inheritance and you said you know what i'm gonna go out and buy this nice new car a lot of people do so the moment you drive off the lot it's worth less now, the only way you could turn that into an asset if you rent the car out or you made it an Uber, then you're bringing money in. So many people, matter of fact, probably the majority of people, they buy a lot of liabilities. They buy things that go down in value. So that's the way they live, buy TVs, they buy jewelry, they buy clothing. You know, they're just buying a lot of stuff which makes someone else wealthy. So the trick is to understand what you want to do with your money. And the easiest assets we're going to be discussing are stocks, because anyone can open up a simple account and start buying it with fractional, you can buy fractional stocks. So that would be the simplest start to begin with to see a difference. And this is what this class is really going to be sharing with you as you go forward. Go ahead, Sean. Exactly. Let's go to the next slide, Trey, please. All right. What is the right, when is the right time to invest? Excuse me. The right time to invest is dependent on both your personal goals, objectives, and well, as well as your current financial situation. So key on the word right time to invest. So I, when people ask, should I invest? Yes, you should, but you should figure out you know, when is the right time for you to invest? When do you need to invest? And I think it starts from now, even if it's just a dollar a day, a dollar a week, whatever, it's just to get into the mindset of investing. There is, to me, there is no bad time to invest. Um, do I have enough savings? You know, a good thing about this country that we live in, you can invest a dollar in the market today. You know, you can buy a fraction of a share. You can, you can invest in you know, picking up some kind of something from the dollar store as an investment and then trying to sell it. There's always an opportunity where you can invest and test and the numbers just get bigger. That's why I always tell people, okay, you know, because I invest, if you invest, if, if Jeff invests a dollar and I invest a hundred thousand dollars, 
the mindset is the same thing. The practice is getting comfortable with understanding your risk, is assessing the investment, asking the right questions. Just because the investment amount increases doesn't mean the practice doesn't increase. That's why like, I've met people that are multimillionaires and they still have the same, they do the, still do the same due diligence when they're thinking about investing, regardless of how much it is. Because it just, it becomes embedded in you. You don't even forget, you don't even think about the number. You're just embedded in you and how you look and observe and decide whether and what to invest in. Um, how much am I putting into my retirement account? How long can I invest my money for? Do I have debt that I need to pay off? How, how does my return on investment compare to interest rates on my outstanding debt? debt? And this is the game that you have to understand and know. Because I see a lot of people with you know, money in their savings account, but only making minimum payments on a 25% credit card interest rate, which, which to me doesn't make a total amount of sense. I mean, I think you should have a reserve in case you need cash. But I don't think you should be saving, saving, saving and paying high interest on credit cards. You should be looking to bring down your debt because carrying debt, carrying debt is an expense, it's a cost. Carrying debt is not for free. It takes away from your paycheck or your money every week. And if you're taking away more than what you're saving, it defeats the purpose. And then it comes back to you know, understanding that and understanding that if I buy something, on my credit card, I can't pay it off in full. There's a cost to that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. You know, if I go out to eat at a restaurant, we all hung out. We went out to have tacos a few days ago, and I put it on my credit card. Now, if I wasn't able to pay that off in full on my next billing cycle, those tacos would have been much more expensive than what they already were. And I'd be upset at Dre, Dre, and, Dre and Nigel because I'm still paying for that taco meal and the margaritas. So... You, and Jeff, you too. So you have to really take all that in consideration and know that. That's okay, Sean. I, I would have chipped in maybe like a dollar. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And those are the little conscious decisions. I know so many young people and friends that would hang out with their friends, go out to clubs and bars and buy all these things and then can't afford to pay it off and are stuck with these heavy credit card debts. So I say it as a joke, but there's a seriousness behind it. Um. How long can I invest my money for? Do I have debt I need to pay off? Well, someone needs to set up my account for me if I'm under 18. Yes. Um, any questions so far? 
everybody's good. Thumbs up if you guys are if you guys are taking it in, if it's making sense. Every, what is everybody? How's everybody feeling? You can unmute yourself, put a thumbs up in the chat. Oh, you got two thumbs up so far, Sean. There's one hand raised. Um, let's see, was that an accident or does somebody? Let's see, who has their hand up? Okay, it looks like that was an accident. Um, but yeah, mostly all thumbs up. Okay, wonderful. All right, let's let's go to the next slide. Okay, this is once again to drive home investing versus savings, okay? Over time, investing can create more wealth than purely saving. However, it may come with, it comes with more risk. When you invest, you're exposed a little, but that's where you got to manage your level of exposure. Meaning you can have like, you know, think of investing as a bucket, right? In that bucket, you can have one type of investment, let's call it the big marble, where it's like, very risky where I'm like, okay, I'm going to invent, invest in Nigel's skateboarding business. Okay. I believe in him. I've seen his work ethic. He presented me with a great business plan, how he thinks that skateboarders, skateboarding is going to be the next big, it's going to, it's coming a strong comeback because it's part of the Olympics. Now, everybody he knows he's been selling skateboards online. He's doing really well. Now he wants to open up something brick and mortar and he has an exclusive contract with his new skateboard brand out of Japan. And he already has orders, a million dollars worth of orders coming in and he needs me to help fund the investment. I'm like, okay, this is riskier, but it, it could ge definitely generate a, a high return because Nigel has the rights to the skateboard brand based out of Japan. Everybody already wants the brand. The brand already has over a million followers on Instagram. They're looking for somebody to sell in the U.S. I'm like, okay, Nigel, it seems like this could be a great investment. But I'm still in my head imagining the downside. A, a new business is always very risky. B, I've never worked with Nigel before. And you're only, and let me just tell you this. this is another thing to really know in, in honing. Your business is only successful as a person leading it. Okay. You could have, somebody could have come up with, been, had the same idea as Elon Musk, same exact idea. And I think that's why he's an open book. But could they have executed and made it successful? Maybe not. I, I don't know if I could execute Elon Musk's electric car Tesla plan 20 years ago. I don't have the resources. I didn't have the connections, the bandwidth to do that. So if you gave me your money and I said, I'm going to come up with the first electric car, well, I hate to break it to you, you probably would have lost your money. You probably would have lost it because my bandwidth was not is not as deep as Elon Musk to really get a car to from beginning to end and get it down production and, and make it on a high level volume. Maybe, you know, we could have got an electric toy car, maybe, but, you know, I, you know, all the different hurdles and stuff that it needed to happen. So once I said a lot of people are coming to you with big, big ideas, but did they have the resources to make it successful? No matter how great you think the idea is. It's only as good as the people behind it. So back to Nigel's skateboarding idea, if he's scaling it right, and I think, okay, there may be, but there's a level of risk. So if Nigel said, give me all your retirement money, I'm, I have the contract with this Japanese brand. Look, Sean, here it is. Here it is. Let's just do it. Once I get your money and I buy the boards, that's it. I'm bringing them to the States and I'm selling them. Sounds great, but there's still a level of exposure. Maybe another brand comes out that's better than Nigel's brand. Maybe they give the rights to somebody else that nobody knows that. Maybe he's priced it too high. Maybe nobody wants to buy skateboards at Nigel's price. 
maybe Nigel doesn't really have the know-how, the project manager to really manage the orders, right? So these are things you have to take into consideration and understand who you're investing in. Now, maybe Trey comes up with the same idea and I look at Trey and like, Trey is always serious. Trey has it more together. He's, he's, he's understanding. He's trying to do it at a, he's trying to do it at a smaller level, bring in a few, sell a few. I'll be like, all right, I'm not trying to hit the home run with Nigel, but maybe I'll try to go to first base with Trey. Maybe I'll give Nigel $25 and I'll make it Trey $50 because I believe in him more than I believe in Nigel. No offense, Nigel. Um, None taken at all. We're one team at GSS. <laughs> so that's the thought process. So when it comes to investing, you're looking at what is a risk, what is exposed, just like stocks. Same thing. When you're purchasing stocks, you're looking at, okay, what's the longevity of this company? How well are they doing? Even though, like you say, Tesla is doing really well now. Should I buy Tesla stock? Yeah, maybe you should. But maybe Tesla is starting to flatten out because everybody's getting, everybody has Teslas right now. So maybe you missed the curve. And yeah, it may have growth, but it may not hit that big growth that you're looking for because you know it, it, the, the secret is out so it gets back to you know planning your goals when you're looking to invest heavily make sure you have the savings there make sure your expenses are minimized uh, make sure you understand like you can do multiple types of investment to level out your risk so if you believe in Nigel, you can go all in nobody i'm not here to tell you what to invest in, but just to manage the risk so if you have a hundred dollars maybe i'm going to give nigel 25 dollars and see how he does with that and put some timelines behind it. Okay, Nigel, I'm going to give you $25. Let's see how you do within the next 60 days, 90 days. And if you are what you are and you do well, maybe then 90 days I'll double down and I'll invest a little bit more. But I'm going to manage you and I'm going to manage and see how well you perform and give you the dangle the carrot. If you do well with me in the next 90 days, then you'll get a little bit more. If you don't, then I understand I put the $25 up and that was a loss. Uh, Sean, I want to jump in real quick and uh, just do a time check. Yeah, I think we got like 14 minutes. Okay, so yes. all right, so, hard stop um, at five fifteen, right? Yeah, yeah. Then we oh, can start. Okay, um, let's go to the next slide. Okay, so back to risk. Okay, so this chart is very helpful. So if you're looking for um, short term. Um, Short term, one to three years. That may seem a long time ago, but short term investment depend is like usually one to three years. Determine what your goals are. Okay, um, liquidity, ease of accessing money could be very high. You know what, Jeff? I'll let you explain this chart. You understand? You get it? Sure. So okay, cool. when you when you're doing the short term, you let's say you buy Coca Cola, and you wanna you wanna use Coca Cola, and you know that you know in certain countries. People just love Coca-Cola. So you you know that Coca-Cola is expanding in certain places and their stock is about to blow up. You can hold Coca-Cola for one to three years. The stock could go up 30%, 40%, and then determine, hey, you know what? That's enough money for me to do a different goal. Or you could say, you know what? This is going to be a good stock to hand over to my kids when, I, when I'm gone. So you, you hold it beyond 10 years because Coca-Cola has been around since the turn of the century. And that stock constantly, constantly splits, meaning if they have a stock that's worth $10, they could split it in half. Now you have double the amount of stocks. So that's a whole nother conversation, but that's one of the reasons why people hold long-term. One of the reasons, another reason why they hold long-term versus short is because the, the area in which the company is in 
they have a big footprint. They dominate that area. Now, if you think about a company that dominates an area and you think about computers, there's two companies that dominate the computer area and they're on the tip of everybody's tongue. So one of them came out with a phone. The other one has went into cloud space, but they still dominate the computer industry. So any small company that wants to get in, they may offer more, um, more um, uh, stocks at a, at a more comfortable entry level, but they're more risky because they don't dominate the whole area. So that's one of the things you wanna watch out for when you invest, whether you're doing short term, which could be something that's coming up quickly and you wanna get in and get out, medium, which will give you three to 10 years, offer some liquidity, offer ways for you to have stability as well, or something that you wanna make it and hold on to it so you can maybe pass that on to your kids or have it for when you retire and you don't wanna to have to work anymore. I hope that explains that, Sean, and in a simple way. So each one has its own use. Anything below one year, anything less than 12 months, is it's really taxed at a different level. It's not considered, um, you know, tax-wise, that's considered really, really short. So that, that's something that only, I would say, advanced investors should be trying to do. That sounds like it would be like, like just a huge gamble, anything a year less. Absolutely. And people, that, it, that's the point of the whole thing. Anything here, short term, you're trying to, when you're trying to flip money in a short term, it's, it's, it's a riskier proposition. And when you think more, like most people that smart investors focus on long term growth versus short term growth. And so they'll ride out the curve, like they'll watch the market fluctuate and they're, they're not concerned. And I think as young people, you should be thinking long-term versus short-term. I mean, you can have a little bit of a mix where you have things that are short-term returns, but not thinking that investing short-term is going to give you the type of returns that you're thinking you can get. You know, getting double-digit returns, meaning more than a 10% return on your money, so that means for every $100 you make $10, is a great return. You want to focus on, like, exceeding double digits, but it's, not, it's, a, it's a hard thing to consistently do. That's one thing that the young people are, are misled by. They, they're looking for these high returns, but the market doesn't allow that. And even if you do it on one investment, it's gonna be hard to continue and do it continuously. It's eventually it's gonna correct itself and you go back to single digit returns, meaning less than 10%. Yeah. Um, and Sean, I know we had a question. Oh, I think Keyshawn wanted to say something when uh, Mr. 850 was going through the slide. Um, Keyshawn, do you want to unmute yourself and say something now? Yeah, um, I, I like to say, like, you know, um, yeah, you, you heard of Netflix, right? You know, like how their mm-hmm. like their stocks are like going down, and people stop, you know, like stop subscribing to them because you know, like they, they charge so much money just to go watch movies, and like the the, the, the movies and like TV shows that you want to watch are not even there, and like that's what Netflix keep they keep making this mistake of deleting them, which which they, they should they should just keep them there. Instead of like deleting, and I get why that they're go, their their stocks are going down and they're not getting as much people as they want because they they might be defunct like probably in the next two years because because mm-hmm. I think that they were like a long term and Netflix has been around like since what nineteen ninety seven, 
I think. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a little thing about my opinion on Netflix. This is what you have to understand in business. When Netflix came out, I remember when Netflix first came out. I was dating a girl, and they would just mail you a video, a DVD, and you know, and I was like, "This is crazy. Why don't you just go to Blockbuster?" For all you don't know, Blockbuster was a place you could just go and you can rent movies. Like you wait for the video to come in the mail. I thought it was the craziest and thing to just wait. I'm not waiting. I'm going right to Blockbuster. But they were they were early adopters. They were seeing the things that I wasn't even seeing, and they were first in. And it was only Netflix in that game. They probably got a lot of funding behind them, and it drove their price up. But when anything, this is what you have to do now, as young people. You may have the greatest idea and invention, but eventually com- competition is going to enter the market. And once consumers have options, they'll exercise them. So what happened with Netflix? The big boys got in on this whole streaming. Who are the big boys? Amazon started Amazon. off selling. Amazon started off as yeah, Amazon books. Prime. Yeah. They started selling books. But if you think of what Amazon has over Netflix, everybody on this call probably has an Amazon account. So they have huge access to a market. And they can, like what they call, and this is how they can beat up competition like Netflix, they can offer you package deals. Meaning, hey, get Amazon Prime. We give you streaming for free. Netflix can't compete with that. So you as a consumer say, why do I need to pay $19.99 a month for Netflix when I'm an Amazon Prime? And I'll get to stream movies for free. That's what that's what competition does. And so Netflix has subscription base has dropped because of people like Amazon Prime, people like Paramount, all these other streaming services has been able to leverage also, its, the, the, its the, 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 customer base. Peacock. Huh? Don't forget about Peacock, like Peacock. Peacock. So they've been leveraging their customer base and saying, hey, we can throw this in streaming for free. And Netflix is not in a position to throw it in for free because that's their only revenue stream is subscription. They don't have, Amazon really sells stuff, but now they're offering streaming for free once you have Amazon Prime. And you know, even now, like figuring, there's so many, when I was growing up, we just had like 20 channels, basically. Now there's so many different, you know, and let's get into Apple, Apple TV as well. I used to, couldn't wait for a good year. So many series and so many different things. I can't keep up. I got to ask my nephew and nephews and nieces, what's streaming right now that's entertaining? Because there's so many different avenues you can go. So what's happened with Netflix, competition came in. And once competition came in, it makes it hard. They're going to lose some of their base because, you know, people are watching Apple TV versus, and then you got to remember too, what can happen too, like putting um, um, exclusive showing Premiere is very competitive. And if you're a famous actor like Nigel or Trey is, I'll use them as an example, and Apple comes to them and be like, hey, we'll give you $10 million to give us an exclusive right to show your show versus and Netflix loses that deal. That sways people over. Yes. You know, so it's behind the scenes. And you know, to me, Netflix is not getting the big time um, actors coming on there doing exclusives. It's now going to the Amazon Prime, it's going to the um apple shows you know so that's that's what has basically happened to netflix is competition in my opinion and that's one thing you have to look at when it comes to business let's go to the next slide um i want to talk about some successful investors just to give you a perspective we should all know i'm sure hopefully everybody's heard of warren buffett he's worth about 80 billion dollars and he's investing strategy. He chooses specific companies to invest in that are trading at a lower price relative to their fundamentals. 
So he's thinking like, oh, there's an opportunity with this company. People are not recognizing what, how well this company performed. And I'm going to invest in them because I believe that they're doing the right things. They're just, they're just not recognized. Um, then there's somebody like uh, Nas. He's won a Grammy for the best rap album, born in Brooklyn. And he invests in Dropbox, Casper, Lyft, Coinbase, Robinhood. So he's investing in different companies that he's probably heard of, active users, and expects an overall rate of return. Um, then there's Elon Musk that I mentioned before. You know, for those of you who don't even know, Elon Musk didn't invent Tesla. He, he did an aggressive takeover over Tesla, meaning that he kept buying the shares so he became owner. So a lot of these just, you don't, and that's another thing we don't, a lot of young people don't understand. You don't have to create something to become successful. And you don't have to be the first in to become successful. And that's Elon Musk. You think Tesla is Elon Musk, but he didn't invest. He didn't invent Tesla. He just saw a young set of people that were doing this great thing, and he aggressively took over the company. And that's what he's done in a lot of ways: aggressively take over companies. So there's many ways, and you can make money. Look at Damien Damien John. He invented Fubu, which I wasn't a big fan of Fubu clothing, but he able he he branded himself as this great entrepreneur within the market and got himself a gig on Shark Tank. And I don't even argumentally, I would call Damien Dash, Damien John, Damien John, a great entrepreneur, but he positioned himself well to build up his brand where he looks like he's this great entrepreneur because he invented a brand over 30 years ago that I don't think anybody in this call has a piece of FUBU garment in their closet, but he's still living off that brand from 30 years ago. And it looked like Mr. Seven, that's one thing I love about America. You can brand yourself and he, you know, and his level of confidence and the way he delivers and where he is and he positioned himself. He looks like he's a king girl, and I can't, I, 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 you know, argumentatively, I don't know. So these are ways in which he invested in himself. Nas invested in different people, and Warren Buffett looks for opportunities, and Elon Musk is an aggressive takeover. So, but they've all achieved success. Am I making sense? Elon Musk just bought Twitter. He just bought Twitter. And how did he do it, Trey? Aggressively, right? I say, Exactly. He, he, he bought enough shares where he's the majority holder and the, ex, the, the, the executives of Twitter are scared out of their pants. Yeah. I, I believe he owns, what is it, like 9? 9%. 9% gives yeah. him first position. Yeah. I think and, there's, and as much as you hear about Eli's success stories, he also has a lot of failures. And that's one thing you have to understand about successful people. They're not scared to fail. Mm-hmm. So don't think that Eli Musk probably has more failures than successes. But the successes outweigh the failures, meaning that if he lost $20 in a bad investment, he'll make it up by making $100 off another investment. So don't be scared of, and I don't even call it failure, my eyes. I call it learning lessons, you know? Yeah, Eli, Sean, not, yes. you're right about that. You know what, Sean? All these people have, have one thing, well, they have several things in common, but the major thread that, that each one of these people have is that they do what they love. They're able to do what they love. So if you're working somewhere and you're making someone else rich, if you if you monetize the way you work, the way you save, and you become in a position to make yourself financially free with enough money, now you can create the ideas without fear because failure doesn't cause you to starve. Failure just brings you to the idea that what you did doesn't work and off to the next idea. Exactly. 
Like when you that's look at all, when you when you have this level of money, your your I mean, life is just like a toy store. I want to yeah. try this. I want to try this, and I'll try this. And even though Musk was a big risk taker, where he did almost go bankrupt several times, it's not the same type of bankrupt. It's not like he's losing all his money. He's losing his company's money. Exactly. When you look at Damon John from FUBU, was FUBU really a success? Maybe in his time, but overall, no. But he's been able to leverage off that and just make himself a brand. Um, let's go to the next slide. That we have, th- I have like three minutes left. Yeah, and just adding to that last um, thought really quickly, um, it's kind of like he showed people the value of, I guess, um, like investing with him by the results that he's shown, like within like a short amount of time when he first started FUBU, I think. Yeah, so just like that quick ramp up, I think, um, honestly, just allowed people to trust him a lot more. I mean, imagine the um, his pitch game to Shark Tank to get on that show. <laughs> That's confidence. Yeah, he had to be like, I, if he would have said to me, Sean, I'm going to try to get on this this prime show and I'm going to talk about my brand from 30 years ago, FUBA. I'd be like, you are crazy. Mm-hmm. But confidence goes a long way. Trey's laughing because we had to look at like, with FUBA, they're going to put you on as an option to talk about that. You, you mean, you know, FUBA from the 90s? You're going to get on? Yeah, I'm going to get on. And his confidence level was was high to the point now we look at him like, wow, you got on with FUBA because really that's all he's done. And from that, he's made books, he has TV's appearances, he's made so many multiple sources of evidence because he was able to knock out an interview and be confident enough to say that, I believe that FUBU can get me this gig. Yes, agree. Um, let's go to the next slide. We're going to skip over this slide because we're trying to talk a lot about this because I want to get into what we're going to be talking about next week. Okay, so we're going to be creating this game. Um, it's a stock game available investments. And we use it, we go through, um, I think it's E-Trade we use where we set up accounts for you guys. You guys got to set up your own account. You got to sign in and you got to choose from these assortments of stocks and electronic traded funds. Um, hey, Sean, tell them how much money they get. You get a hundred K. Everybody gets a hundred thousand dollars. And, you know, based on everything we're going to talk, you're going to assess the level of risk, level of exposure, and you're going to pick your stocks and how many shares you want to buy of each to sum up to a hundred thousand dollars. And we're going to look at it over the next three to four weeks and see how well you perform. And I'll be honest with you, just because I know a little about investing, Jeff knows a little about investing, doesn't mean we're going to beat you. So it'll be very interesting and it ranks everybody and we'll see who does well and why you chose this versus why you chose that and what the overall return is on your investment. So I am gifting you all $100,000. So Thanks, nice, Sean, thank you. No problem. So the, the next class, um, we're going to go through setting up. I'm going to have one of the um, volunteers. We're going to talk more about it. We'll teach you how to open up your account. We'll open it up in the second class. In the third and fourth class, we'll monitor and we'll see how well you guys perform over the next two weeks. And I'll give you some little hints on how to win. Little tiny hints that you can take in and decide for yourself how you want to play this game. But I'm competitive as hell, so I'm going to try to beat every single person in this chat. Okay, I'm going to try to kick all your butts. I'm going to try to outperform everybody. So you guys better do your homework because I'll let you know when I kick your butt. You're going to know. I'm going to, I'm going to rub it in because I am competitive. So don't think I'm playing this. I'm playing this to win. And I hope you guys are as well. All right. So um, with that being said, does anybody have any questions? Um, what they thought? Um, I'm looking forward to, um, to, to gearing this up next week. Anybody? Yeah, 
Um, and as a reminder, <laughs> Sean said that is it is a game. It is fake money that you will be lent <laughs> to, to play with. Um, so please don't ask uh, myself, Trey, or any of the other internship coordinators, when will we be receiving our um, <laughs> money from Sean on our YSB <laughs> card? Because it will not show up there. I repeat, it will not show up there. <laughs> Sean, Sean will be printing the money on uh, the weekend. So come next week, we'll have it stacked up in the uh, in the room. If you want to come by the uh, coordinator's office, you can pick up your 100000 and lose it, use it wisely because we're not lending it. I'm greedy. I'm not lending you one penny of my hundred thousand. So make sure you guys invest it right oh and God. do right. I don't. Yeah, we get to Let play it. too, right? We get to play too, right, Sean? I want in. I want in on this. I want in too. I want in too. This is for tacos. This is for tacos. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Thank Anybody you so have much. any questions before we close? Any questions before we 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 head out? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I think um, just for interns, just in general, um, overall in regards to a follow-up assignment, definitely keep an eye on your email um, and you'll see a message from your internship coordinator in regards to um, any follow-up uh, assignments and then also the video from today's session. You're going um, to send me the audio too, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. All right. There are no other Thank questions. you, guys. All right, guys. Thank you. Have a good one. See you guys next Thank week. Thank you, everyone, for stopping in. I hope I hope you learned a lot. Definitely. I continue to. <laughs> All right, everyone. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.